Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode 11 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. It is Tuesday morning, the 5th of November, and the Rangers coming off of a tough 6-2 home loss to the Ottawa Senators. This is kind of just, this this loss was a gut punch, and it was a reminder that this is kind of what we're in for this season, because when you root for the youngest team in hockey, there's bound to be inconsistencies, there's bound to be some peaks and valleys, and this is what we've all signed up for this year. And as we've seen over the last week or so, the Rangers, they're going to beat some really good teams this year, they're going to play well against some good teams at times, and they're going to win some games that you didn't really think that they were going to win, but then you're going to have games like this as well, where... They're playing, let's face it, a bad team, and it's just not their night. They just don't have that kind of consistency that like a veteran cup contending team has, and that's why you end up with 6-2 losses to teams like the Ottawa Senators because the consistency just isn't there yet. It's okay, but it's again, it's just a reminder that we are we are in for a roller coaster of a season because there's going to be some great wins against some great teams, but then there's going to be nights like this where it just doesn't come together and it's just not their night and the Rangers lose by, you know, four goals to a bad team. And it's also unfortunate just because, you know, the Rangers, they really kind of dominated the play early in this game. You know, Adam Fox had a chance on an odd man rush, but Anders Nielsen makes a nice save. Rangers get a power play. Brendan Lemieux nearly scores from the doorstep, but again, Nielsen comes up big for the centers, keeps the game scoreless to that point. Lemieux was busy tonight. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. Also kind of a chippy game tonight, a couple of fights. It's all started when J.C. Bodan checks Tony D'Angelo into the boards deep in the Rangers zone, kind of checked him from behind, drove him into the boards there. D'Angelo doesn't like it. They get up, and they immediately drop the gloves. Kind of a draw here. No heavy haymakers really landed, but both those guys are throwing punches and, you know, again, just setting the tone for what was going to be a chippy, kind of nasty game here tonight. And the Rangers break through about eight minutes and change into the first period. Brendan Lemieux sends a cross ice pass to Adam Fox. He kind of Lemieux kind of uses the boards there. He passes the puck off the boards. Fox corrals the puck, and then Fox dishes in deep to Capo Caco. Caco is skating across the the goal crease when he receives the pass. He brings the puck to his backhand and just tucks it home. And the Rangers are up one nothing. Like I said, about eight minutes and a little bit of change into the first period. One nothing Blue Shirts. And then Brendan Lemieux, a couple minutes later, he gets to do it with Mark Barowiecki. Lemieux had kind of been mixing it up with a couple different centers before this happened. And, you know, give him a lot of credit. Barowiecki's a lot bigger than Brendan Lemieux is. And Barowiecki, one of the toughest guys in the NHL. He's usually kind of near the top in, as far as, you know, penalty minutes and fights. And Lemieux stood up to him. And again, you know, kind of a draw here. Neither guy really kind of, you know, landing that, that big knockout punch. But... Lemieux, hey, he's not going to back down from anybody. He plays with a lot of fire out there. And as you watch this fight, you start to realize, like, wow, there's, like, a couple different guys on the Rangers who will drop the gloves, will mix it up if the situation calls for it. We've talked about Michael Haley. He was in two fights in the previous two games before tonight. And obviously, Tony D'Angelo, you know, he plays with a lot of emotion out there. He'll drop the gloves if he needs to. And Brendan Lemieux, you know, he'll scrap. He's not going to back down from anybody. So it's kind of fun, you know, that the Rangers have at least a couple different guys who will, you know, mix it up if if it's warranted, if the situation calls for it. And Brendan Lemieux, Brendan Lemieux doing a great job here, standing up for his teammates, taking on the Senators' heavy hitter in Mark Barowiecki. And then about six minutes after the Rangers go up one nothing, the Senators find the equalizer. Anthony Duclair sweeps around behind the Ranger net. He attempts, you know, a stuff-in, wraparound-type goal. Georgiev is there. He kicks out his left pad to, to close the door there and denies Duclair on the doorstep. However, John Cabriel Pajot stuffs the rebound home, makes it 1-1. One one. 
When the Senators weren't done there, just about three minutes and change later, Tyler Ennis scoring on the power play. Ennis and the Senators, you know, taking advantage of the five-on-three power play there. The Senators work the puck back to Thomas Chabot. He shoots from the blue line, and it just kind of bounces off of, you know, some of the traffic in front. Goes right over to Ennis, and Ennis just shoots from the right circle and puts it home. And I'm not sure Georgiev even knew where the puck was at that point. Like I said, it took kind of a crazy bounce, and the Senators were working on screening Georgiev in deep, as, of course, you often do when you have a five-on-three power play. But, yeah, I mean, not a hard goal for Ennis here. Kind of just taps it home, and the Senators lead 2-1. And at this point, they're on top for good in this one. And then we almost have a third fight before this first period ends up. There's a big skirmish during a play stoppage in front of the Ranger net. You know, a lot of pushing and shoving both ways, and Ryan Strom really wants to fight Kachuk. And, you know, unfortunately, the linesmen just kind of step in and break it up there. But, man, you, you got to like Ryan Strom. You got to like his game and what he's shown you so far. Uh, scrappy player out there. And like I said, you know, he's playing some of the best hockey. We talked about this last episode. Strom playing some of the best hockey of his young NHL career. Really doing a great job with the blue shirts. And he might be the Rangers' resident diamond in the rough here because, again, you know, the Rangers didn't give up much to get him. They just trade Ryan Spooner. And Spooner's had a decent season for the Canucks as well. But, you know, Ryan Strom off to a great start with the Rangers. Still just 26 years old and looks like he might, you know, if everything goes well, he might become kind of a, a fixture and a building block as the Rangers continue this massive rebuild. Locked On fans just wanted to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. We go to the second period and the Senators extend their lead to 3-1 to one on a goal by Ron Hazy, his first of the season. This technically, I don't think, counted as a power play goal, although it really might as well have. It came at the tail end of a man advantage for the Senators. They work the puck in deep. Kachuk makes a behind-the-back pass on the doorstep, slides the puck over to Ron Hazy, who's right there on the goal crease, and at that point, he just has to tap it home. Really not a whole lot Georgiev could do on this one, and it's 3-1 to one Senators at this point. You know, without seeing a ton of Ottawa Senators games this season— I got to believe this is probably Anders Nielsen's best game so far this year, or at least among them. He made some really tremendous saves in this game. Rangers still down 3-1 at this point in the second period. They almost get one back. Tony D'Angelo with a great keep-in right near the blue line. He passes to his left to Artemi Panarin. Panarin immediately works the puck in deep to Ryan Strom. We've seen them kind of hit on this play before where Panarin's got the puck, you know, at or near the top of one of the face-off circles, and he'll kind of just dish it in deep to the doorstep to Ryan Strom. And they almost converted here again, but Nielsen slides to his left, makes a nice glove save, snags it, does not allow a rebound. Still 3-1 to one Senators at that point. And, you know, we talked about how the Rangers really dominated about the first 10 minutes or so of this game, but at this point, that's becoming a distant memory because the Senators continue to pour it on, and they get another chance about seven minutes later, and they convert. Jean-Gabriel Peugeot again scores. He makes it 4-1. to one. Pajot converting on a breakaway, and really just kind of bad luck here for the Rangers. You know, Pavel Buchnevich tried to shoot from the blue line, and his shot was blocked. And Pajot, who blocked the shot, just kind of chases it toward center ice. And at that point, he's all alone. He's got a full head of steam. He goes in alone on the breakaway, draws iron on his shot, but puts it off the post and into the net. And just like that, Senators up 4-1 to one on the Rangers. Rangers really not catching any breaks in this one either. You know, they're on the power play. Tony D'Angelo still chasing three goals at this point, down 4-1. to one. And Tony D'Angelo with about seven minutes left in the second period. He shoots from the point. Ryan Strom is there in front of the net. He deflects the puck, and it goes, it bounces just off the near post. So, you know, the Rangers, it's funny, in the last game against the Predators, I, I'd say that the posts were kind of 
friends to the Rangers. The Rangers at least got a, a fortuitous bounce or two off the post. And in this one, no such luck. Because as we mentioned, you know, Gabriel Peugeot, he scores on the breakaway by putting one off the post. And then the Rangers just miss one here as Strom's deflection goes off the post, but does not go into the net. Those are the breaks. That's hockey. It's going to happen sometimes. But yeah, you know, the hockey gods not really smiling on the Rangers in this one. And then Brady Kachuk scores one of those, you know, follow the bouncing puck kind of goals. Anthony Duclair shot. The puck deflected high over the net. And then, you know, it's behind the net. There's a fight for the puck back there. And the centers work it back in front. Kachuk gets the puck on the doorstep. And after a whack or two, he puts it home. Rangers on this one probably got to do a better job of, of clearing Kachuk out of there and, and, you know, just making sure that doesn't happen. Seemed like this one, of all the goals they allowed, this one was maybe the most preventable. Just got to put a body on Kachuk there, knock him around a little bit, don't let him get that chance right there from in deep on the doorstep. Rangers get one back on the power play with about two minutes and change left in the second period. Tony D'Angelo working the puck to Capo Caco in the right faceoff circle. Caco, it looked like he maybe could have shot this one, but instead he Passes right across the ice to the left circle. Artemi Panarin is there, and he scores. Delays for just a second with the puck, and then just rips it home. Just a classic Panarin snipe. His sixth goal of the season. Rangers, you know at this point, glimmer of hope heading into the third period. Down 5-2. to two. I mean, hey, 20 minutes, that's enough time to score three goals, so at least you're in it, at least you have a chance. Vladislav Nemestikov scores a power play goal for the Senators. He makes the score 6-2, to two, and I... Really hate to say this, but Nemesikov has kind of taken off since going to the Senators. We thought early that it was maybe a mirage, that it wasn't really for real, but facts are facts. He's now up to five goals and four assists in 11 games with the Senators. It's still a very small sample size for Nemestikov, and, you know, I'm still skeptical that he's going to become, you know, this this big-time scoring threat for the Senators. We'll see what happens, but it is really annoying to see this, you know, Nemestikov in 10 games with the Senators is playing better than he ever did in two years with the Rangers. And of course, you know, getting a goal and an assist against the Blue Shirts here tonight. Really just very annoying to see because you know what, Vlad? Where was this when you were on the Rangers? Where were these scoring chops when you were on the Blue Shirts for two years? Where were you when we traded away two beloved players in Ryan McDonough and JT Miller to Tampa Bay? Oh, but we brought in Nemestikov and he's going to help our attack and he's this explosive player that was nowhere to be seen. And now all of a sudden on the centers, the light switch goes back on apparently and now he's starting to figure it out again. So the Rangers, they go on to lose by that score of 6-2 to and really just a disappointing night. I mean, what else can you say? You lose to one of the worst teams in hockey on your home ice by four goals and disappointing because the Rangers were rolling before this, coming off of impressive wins against the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Nashville Predators. Two very good hockey teams, two teams that you expect to be in the postseason, and then you turn around and you lose badly to, let's just call it like it is, a bad Ottawa Senators team. The good news is, if you're looking for a silver lining, is the Rangers, like we said, they're going to be busy this week. They won't have a whole lot of time to to stop and look their wounds. They are off on Tuesday, but then they have a back-to-back in the Garden against the Detroit Red Wings at 8 o'clock on Wednesday, and then a road tilt at the Carolina Hurricanes at 7 p.m. on Thursday. This was also the third straight game that Mark Stahl was a healthy scratch. We'll continue to monitor that situation and see if and when you know he gets back into the starting lineup. Mika Zibanejad missed his third consecutive game in this one as well due to his upper body injury. They continue to call Mika day-to-day, so we'll keep an eye on that as well. We'll provide any updates that we see in tomorrow's episode before the Rangers take on the Red Wings. Hopefully he can get back out there. Again, you know, it's probably better that they're erring on the side of caution, but Rangers, you know, they hey, he's the 
Top line center, one of their biggest scoring threats. He's a huge part of this team. If the Rangers are going to be successful this year, if they're going to be a playoff team, then Zibanejad's going to need to be a big contributor for that. So, you know, we'll hope he gets back out there. We'll keep an eye on it for now, I suppose. Still just 50-50. And, you know, fingers crossed that he's back out there against the Red Wings. The Rangers have also announced that Henrik Lundqvist will be between the pipes for this Wednesday till against the Red Wings. It makes sense. You know, they announced that prior to Monday's game against the Senators. But, you know, either way, Georgiev, whatever happened on Monday, that was going to be his third consecutive start. And you don't want Lundqvist to have to sit on the bench for too long. You want to get him back out there, get him rolling if he can. And, you know, given that Georgiev had a tough night against the Senators, it's probably a good thing anyway that Lundqvist is going to go back out there. Georgiev gets a breather on Wednesday. And in all likelihood, given that it's a back-to-back, he'll be out there on Thursday. And we'll see how the Rangers play it after that. It could, could kind of go either way. And it could have a lot to do with how each goalie performs in these two games. You know, if Lundqvist gives up one goal and, and Georgiev, you know, gives up four goals then it could be Lundqvist in the game after that. But, you know, we'll see. It's kind of it's kind of just an open tryout right now in these next two games for the Rangers. So very curious to see how that plays out. We'll see which, which goalie gets the better of play in these next two games and who the Rangers might look to go with, you know, continuing forward as, as this season continues to unfold. It's really been kind of a fluid situation so far this season, and that's probably a good thing, you know, just go with a hot-hand approach. You've got the grizzled veteran who, you know, is a legend with the team, and you've got the young guy with, with some upside and some potential and who's who's really shown some promise early this season. And, hey, you just let them decide it. Whoever plays better, that's who you roll with. So that's going to do it for Episode 11 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. Thanks again, guys, for joining in. I really appreciate it. If you want to get in touch, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Please give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Feel free to get in touch with us there as well. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you next time.